It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours, like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. This story uh, came out during an episode of The Jump. We're going the to jump. The Jump. What's up, nerds? It's basketball. Welcome to Horse, a basketball podcast about everything except for the wins and losses. My name is Mike Schubert, and I am joined, as always, by my trusted co-host, the being a snake to thinking the earth is flat, Eric Silver. Eric, how's it going? You have me confused with Kyrie Irving again. <laughs> I know we both live in Brooklyn now, but this is just something you're going to have to get used to. Mm. Have you heard my new favorite song, Eric? I've been listening to it all the time. It's been my favorite song forever and not just in the past week. It's a very good song. Lil B is very good at rapping. You know, I would <laughs> try to put the actual audio of Fuck Kevin Durant in this, but I don't want Horse to have a Lil B curse. So I'm just like, <laughs> imagine that Mike just played a, a Fuck Kevin Durant. As you may have heard, and as everyone reminded me on Twitter, in case I didn't see it, the Knicks did not get <laughs> Kevin Durant and Kyrie. When people send me messages saying like, I'm so sorry for your loss. It makes me feel really happy. When people tweet shitty memes at me that are like, lol, I hate all of you. It's more the people who are like, who are like, Mike, where do you know? Were you aware? Where have you been? Thank you for reminding me of this sad thing. It's not the worst thing because when you look at it, Yes, it's a dude who thinks the earth is flat, who has had knee issues and has like he left the Celtics with a bad taste in his mouth and the Cavs with a bad taste in his mouth. And then also Kevin Durant is coming off an Achilles thing. It's not the worst objectively, but when you look at the fact that the Knicks have been scheming to do this for the past year and then James Dolan has been very public being like, we're going to do this and it's going to work. And then it doesn't. That's what makes it really embarrassing is our approach. I think everything's pretty embarrassing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> One of many. Well, Mike, you can ice your knees and your head in the Teal Memorial locker room. No, she's not dead. She's not actually <laughs> Though my heart might be. Mike, you know who are people who would never send you memes that make you sad? I hope our patrons. It's our new patrons. Good. We have Davis Hunter, Landon Crawford, the real burger, Sarah Burger. Do we have patron beef? We don't now? yeah, we don't need I mean they are both burgers, so beef makes sense, but we don't need beef in the mix. We have two patties coming at each other. And now we also have a new patron, get Sue Bird on the podcast horse. We're trying. We're <laughs> I tweeted Sue Bird like four times a week. I will say that being a patron of us will not tell Sue Bird that she should be on our podcast. No, it will. We're, it definitely we, <laughs> will. The more patrons we get, the higher likelihood of Sue Bird being on the show. You're right. And Sue Bird <laughs> sees all of our notifications. So just everyone become patrons, and then Sue Bird will be on the podcast. And they're joining our other Bird Watcher producer-level patrons, Brianne Wingate, Berger, the first one, Skylar Jorgensen, Gladiator Vader, Adam Hartwick, Ross Papa, Akano, Cody Powell, Salvador Testa, Trust the Process, James Harden went to Arizona State, Hufflebuff Hillary, Elizabeth Agathon, and Samantha Rose. You always go to the team that you promise you're going to go to during free agency. And that's just a lot of loyalty, and we appreciate it. Oh, right, because Kyrie said he's going to go to the Celtics. Yeah, because and, he was going to say the Celtics. And he's not on the Celtics. He's a bad man. I've been telling, <laughs> go in the way back machine, and I've been saying that Kyrie's been a bad man for a long time. I'm glad we both get to hate him now. This is more fun. We have something to bring us together. <laughs> 
Yeah, and, you're right. And very shortly, you will soon to hate Ennis Cantor as much as I did. I still like Ennis Cantor as a person. He's just so dramatic. Yeah, it was very funny. And this is something that happened with free agency. He even made his free agency more dramatic than it actually was because he didn't go back to the Trailblazers. And he was like, I only had six minutes to make a decision. And then Damian Lillard was like, no, you didn't. Damian Lillard <laughs> was in the room. Like, I was there, dog. I was with the GM. And he was like, man, and Ennis hasn't called back in 45 minutes. That's weird. So that's hilarious. Uh, mm-hmm. But you know what's a good thing in the world and not a bad thing in the world? Tab for a cause. Raising money for charity. <laughs> yeah. So yes, our sponsor for this episode is Tab for a Cause. They are fantastic. All you need to do is you go to tabforacause.org slash horse. You add the Chrome extension and literally every time you open a new tab on Chrome, you get a different picturesque scenic photograph this one right now is mountains with a forest and a hiking trail in the background it's very picturesque and it changes out every day every time you open a tab you raise money for charity i open a billion and a half tabs every hour i think and every time i do so i'm raising money for charity and they've so many charities to choose from they've raised over seven hundred fifty-six thousand dollars for charity with this like why not do this like there is no downside and you're raising money for people in need by doing something you're already doing and it takes you maybe 15 seconds to set this up and that's it is that half a tab that really pushes you over the edge <laughs> you can go to tabforacause.org slash horse so that you let tab for a cause know that we sent you there because we all want to do charity together and you know this is how they know that we're good at podcasts so like do it yes please thank you very much but more importantly charity mm-hmm charity so that wraps up our locker room. We're all dressed. We're ready to go. We've got our clothes on. And now we're going to talk about what we already started talking about because it was too ridiculous. Free agency was absolutely bonkers. Get it? Like the news? Get it? <laughs> yep. Full court press. It was so ridiculous. This was the first year where free agency was moved up instead of happening at midnight. It happened at 6 p.m. And that didn't really change anything because Woj was tweeting stuff until 4 in the morning. The day that free agency started, I was stranded somewhere in Long Island. There was a like 10 minute storm that was just coming down in buckets and then pushed over a ton of trees and power wires. So it just shut down all of the Long Island Railroad. So I was sitting at a railroad station trying to figure out how I was going to get home while Woj Bombs was just hitting my phone. And I'm like, I'm at 27%. I need this to call a $120 Uber back to the city. But Woj, please stop. I was driving home from a wedding in Erie, Pennsylvania. And where, where were you where Woj dropped the bombs? I was in a car, <laughs> and I my phone just like buzzed a lot from friends and family wishing me <laughs> like well wishes of I'm so sorry for your loss. Kelly was like, you just got like five text messages. And I was like, who? And it was all my friends who text me about basketball stuff. And I was like, what do they say? And she's like, they all start with sorry. And I was like, See, I, I didn't contact you. I didn't reach out. I'm like, I already know he's suffering. <laughs> I want all of your other friends to know that I am better at dealing with bad news. I mean, I appreciated them saying that I'm sorry and stuff like that. Or some people being like, I don't know why he would want to go to Brooklyn anyway. That made me feel pretty good. But yeah, the, the biggest thing was that Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving have joined forces to sign in Brooklyn. There was basically a report from someone on the Knicks subreddit claiming that they worked for the Knicks and then made a burner account. Uh, I don't know if it's like true or not, but they said that basically with the injury thing, 
Kevin Durant's not going to be able to play for the first year, and Kyrie preferred Brooklyn to the Knicks. So he was like, hey, so since the first year is me just playing, is it cool if we go to Brooklyn? And then Kevin Durant was like, yeah. And then now they're in Brooklyn. Weren't reports that the Knicks didn't even give Kevin Durant the full match? Yeah, it was some like weird flex that James Dolan was trying to do to be like, we didn't want him anyway. Like it didn't, it seemed fake and also not smart. But when your entire basketball plan is that I'm going to give them the most amount of money possible. And then you say, you know what? I didn't try to give him the most amount of money possible. That doesn't make any sense. And it happened to be that Kevin Durant didn't even take that meeting with us because he had already made up his mind that he was going to go to Brooklyn without having to go to meetings. So then it became a thing where it's like, well, we wouldn't have if we had the meeting. It's like, guys, just stop. We tried to get Kevin Durant. We didn't get Kevin Durant. Our plan B like makes sense. It's not sexy. Like, I get it, what we're doing. 2021 Giannis. Let's go. I mean, pretty much 2021 (laughs) something is what we're going Let's run it back. Let's do it again in two years. We have a weird, fun team that will at least be enjoyable to watch. And now we just have to really hope RJ Barrett is really good at basketball. That's kind of where it's shifted. And hey, he could be. I have hope in the man. He seems really nice. I have to say, this is the most positive spin I've heard anyone put uh, the Knicks. Look, so. I mean, like, I could be here and all, like, sad and depressed and stuff. Like, what would that do? What good would that do to be like, woe is me. Like, I hate myself. Blah, blah, blah. Like, it's done. It happened. It sucks. We might as well look at the positives and be like, you know what? I want Julius Randle to be good at basketball. I want Bobby Portis with his crazy eyes to dunk on someone and then be like, ah! And when he literally, yeah, he just fought a guy. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure that will go well. That guy's not playing in the league anymore. So Bobby Portis (laughs) is a bruiser. But yeah, there were a bunch of other wild things that happened in the NBA. So the Celtics had Kemba Walker sign. Let's go. Good point guards who aren't crazy people. Let's Mm go. I'm excited. Kemba seems very good. But they were unable to re-sign Al Horford. He went to the Sixers, which is very interesting because their best player is already a center. And then they got another one. So, like, that's weird. They're all really tall. (laughs) The 76ers are all incredibly tall for no reason. The Sixers are just like, what if we were bigger than everyone? And then people are like, you guys have to like shoot. And they're like, but what if? (laughs) Ben Simmons has been working on his shot for a long time. We cannot show it to you at all. But I'm telling you, it happened. And then there was some wildness with Jimmy Butler, who used to be on the Sixers, doing a sign and trade where he is now on the Heat. Time trying to clear up room to have him on the team. So at first they were like, oh, yeah, we're going to do a three team trade and we're going to give the Mavs Goran Dragic. And then the Mavs were like, we actually don't want Goran Dragic. We want <laughs> Kelly Olenek. And the Heat were like, no, 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 you said Goran Dragic. And the Mavs said, no, we didn't. So then they backed out. And then the Heat were like, hi, we already told everyone Jimmy Butler's on the team. We need someone <laughs> to take other people, please. And then other teams got involved. Just a ridiculous amount of signings happened, and it was all rapid fire, and it was all so quick, and it just lasted long into the wee hours of the morning. I did release an episode of Potterless. It delayed me because I was just reading tweets for two and a half hours. Ridiculous experience. Yeah, Potterless fans. Mike cares about basketball more than he cares about you. Got the episode out on time. Got him. And there still is the big piece to drop. So at the time of recording, this is July 3rd. Kawhi Leonard has not signed with anyone. And that's the last chess piece to fall. Is he going to go to the Lakers? Is he going to stay with the Raptors? Is he going to go to the Clippers? It's very interesting. Time out. Hi, it's present Mike. Eric and I recorded this before the bombshell that is 
Paul George being traded to the Clippers and Kawhi Leonard signing with the Clippers dropped. This bombshell took place at 3 in the morning on Saturday, which was very rude because I was trying to go to sleep, but oh no, I had to learn about this trade and then stay up for two hours freaking out about it. Eric and I are both busy because it is currently 4th of July weekend, but we will talk about this trade and its ramifications and the Kawhi Leonard signing at some point during the week, and we'll put it up for free over on Patreon, so you can follow us on social media to see when that is ready, and it will be live at patreon.com slash horsehoops once we're able to talk about it. But anyway, let's enjoy the rest of this full court press where Eric and I are living in the past, wondering what Kawhi Leonard might do. Everyone's just waiting to see how Kawhi is going to announce it. Because Kevin Durant announced his on his own media company's Instagram. So I think Kawhi is going to start a Tumblr and then he's going to say which team that he wants to be on, on, on that Tumblr. Well, I have to see. I do think it was very funny that Kevin Durant, they announced that he was going to say his decision on his company's Instagram account, and then it got a bunch of followers, and then the report that he was going to the Nets leaked, and then it lost like all of its followers. (laughs) It was like up to 120,000, and then it got leaked, and then it went down to like 50,000. Are you saying you don't like the content that the boardroom creates, Mike? What? Uh, what? When you have LeBron's The Shop, the barbershop one, which is very fun, and they get a lot of cool, interesting people on there, like, why would you want the boardroom it's like all right it's the shop but what if it was less exciting and more boring like how is what that if a, it was business like kevin durant who's a basketball player what if he had people talking about business like i don't care i want to see people dunk i will say kevin durant if you want to make a podcast we're also in brooklyn hit us up multitude productions x the boardroom let's mm-hmm. get it Mm-hmm. Boardroom Productions. It'll be very fun. You can't play basketball for a year, so come on through. Sit in a chair and talk to us about basketball. We know that you're great on podcasts. We've heard you on the Bill Simmons podcast. You will not be able to eat cheese doodles while you are on the, this podcast. What is up with NBA players eating while they're on podcasts? Like, do you guys, <laughs> can't you guys just chill for like 30 minutes? They're upset because they can't get into the booth properly. <laughs> like their legs go in so many directions. So the compensation is that they need to eat like pirate's booty while they're doing it Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. well before we wrap this up we do just want to give a shout out to andrew lopez and the entire smoothie king center because the pelicans did even more good things at free agency getting jj reddick getting Derek favors making some very interesting moves david griffin's like really good at his job he's so good at his job. he's wildly good at his job we have to keep putting off trying to like talk to andrew lopez about the pelicans because good things keep on happening to them so hopefully we can touch base and be like How's it going, dog? <laughs> He's like, you're living life. I'm not going to be on your dumb podcast anymore. <laughs> I got too many good things to go. But that is going to wrap it up for Full Court Press. One, two, three. Three, two, one. Three on three. We're back. We don't have guests. We're back in a regular three on three territory. We've been talking about free agency so much. I started looking into how free agency affects people. Like what makes people want to stay with their team and what makes people want to leave their team and go to a new one. And yeah, it might be you want a change of scenery. Maybe you're going to get a ton of money in some places. But I think it really comes down to the pitch that the teams give. So, Mike, I would like to talk about the three best pitches to get people to stay and the three worst pitches that definitely push them away from your team. I am very excited for this. All right, Mike, which would you like to start with? Let's start with pushing away so we can feel a little more happy and wholesome by the end of it. Wonderful. So I'm going to start with number three, and this is Tim Duncan not playing with the Magic back in 2000. Mm. So picture this. It's 2000. Y2K didn't happen. You can still like walk through airports and it's chill. We're like nine and like all the things that happen when you're nine. 
what are you doing when you're not? I am playing my first year of travel baseball. I'm having a lot of fun doing so. I'm also playing Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 4 nice. and having a very good time with my Create a Skater that looks like me, but has a very bad goatee. But at the time, I'm like, this looks really cool. Because <laughs> you're a Superman. Tim Duncan is 24. He's played three years with the Spurs, and he's considering moving. So Orlando flies him into town. There are billboards with him. Grant Hill is there. Epcot has been lit up to say, grant us Tim, which is a weird alien thing to do for another person. Grant, Oh, grant us Yeah, Tim. it's the really uh, end. But also, uh, like, it's a thing that aliens say to other <laughs> people. During dinner, Tim Duncan has his posse with him. One of them asks head coach Doc Rivers if spouses and girlfriends are allowed on the team plane when they're traveling. And Doc Rivers says no. And according to Grant Hill, the entire energy changes. And that's why Tim Duncan didn't sign with the Magic. For real? Yeah, for real. I, who, who was it his girlfriend? Was it his it was mom? His, it like, was his girlfriend want? at the time who is now his wife. So apparently, like, families being on planes was really important to him. And he's just like, man, I don't know if I can play with a place that, like, my girlfriend can't come with me. And then just, like, the whole vibe changed. I feel like I would need to know what is more common practice in terms of if having spouses and family members on it is common because it feels like it shouldn't be common. Like, I want to side with Doc Rivers here, but also it's Tim Duncan, so you kind of just let him. Yeah, I think with Tim Duncan, it's like he's not trying to, like, get rowdy on the plane. He just wants his girlfriend with him to go with him to the place. Right. Like, it's like, hey, can my girlfriend cut in line with me? Also, Doc Rivers could have straight up lied. Yep. He could have just said, yeah, and then it was like, Oh, man, sorry. <laughs> Times have changed. We changed the rules. Sorry, Tim. Right. The best part about this was that this story was told on an episode of The Jump. Oh, I'm glad you mentioned The Jump, Eric. Oh, no. I made you a special present. Oh, God. The Jump is an ESPN show turned podcast, and the, the Sports Center guy does voices and stuff for the ad reads, and I made a super cut. The Jump. 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 Welcome back to the jump. So that's the sports center guy saying the jump a lot. Okay. Okay, first of all. You need to call a timeout before you <laughs> yeah. drop things like that on me. The second thing is my two favorite ones. One had like an R&B beat on the back of it. And then I like the Christmas one. Christmas bells is really good. good. I also like every now and then when he goes, the jump the- instead of the jump. Welcome back to the jump. It's the jump. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. This story uh, came out during an episode of the jump. Where Grant the, Hill- jump. the jump. Where Grant Hill was telling the story. And Tracy McGrady, who is on the magic at the time as well. Tracy McGrady looks so sick. He looks like visibly ill. <laughs> He's like, we could have had Tim Duncan. I can't. I gotta go, take a minute. That would have been wild, man. That would have been absolutely bonkers. It's just so funny. My second one is when LeBron met with the Knicks in 2010. Come on, man. No, I'm. Come on, man. But like, it's not even a. <laughs> This, it's, Why you gotta do this? Do you know this story, Mike? No, I, he was never coming here. He might have, though. Tell me this story. Right, he was never story. coming. Okay, so here's what happened. It's 2010. LeBron goes, as we all know, with the decision. LeBron ends up going with the Heat. But he did entertain a bunch of different offers from other people, including the Knicks. Mm-hmm. So the Knicks, Brass, 
goes out to Cleveland to meet with LeBron. So before they talked anything about basketball, which is incredibly important, is basketball, they decided to show LeBron an episode of The Sopranos. But (laughs) it was the series finale, but there were some key revisions. Tony Soprano hadn't gotten killed off at all. He was wearing a beard, and he was living with his wife under the cover of the Witness Protection Program. And then Tony was telling Carmela that he had an important friend coming to town, a friend who needed a place to stay, a friend named LeBron James. Carmela then went on her computer to find the ideal midtown spot, and she told Tony she'd found the right place for a man of James's stature. Then it was the final shot, which, as you know, in The Sopranos, it just goes fades to black. Instead, it faded to Madison Square Garden. I kind of like it. (laughs) The (laughs) wildest shit I've ever heard. They paid James Goldolfini to put on a fake beard and say, come on in, LeBron, like it's a fucking H-E-B supermarket commercial. Was he super into the Sopranos? Like, no idea. <laughs> there is no confirmation that he was super into it. It was like the Knicks were trying to prove that like LeBron was going to be like a mafioso in New York. That's the only thing I could think of, and that it was 2010 and there was nothing else. This Mike, they put on a community theater alternate universe for LeBron to get him to come to the Knicks. Look, it's outside of the box. <laughs> <laughs> Mike. Like, we're not moving on until you acknowledge this is buck wild. It is buck wild, but, like, I don't know, man. Fuck it. I don't think the Knicks ever actually had a shot at that because LeBron was really good friends with Dwayne Wade, and Dwayne Wade was already on the heat and was staying there. But, (laughs) yeah, I don't – it doesn't – like, that doesn't seem like a good strategy. I would not say it's a good strategy. It's not, like, actively shitty towards LeBron, but it doesn't seem, like, smart. (laughs) Big swing, big whiff, guys. So it's not the worst, though. The worst is yet to come. And, Mike, you'll see I'm self-flagellating a little bit with this. But the number one worst gambit to get a player to come and they don't come is Kevin Durant meeting with the Celtics in 2016. Oh, yeah. This was not great. And every now and then people bring this up when this happened is like, the Celtics, everyone thought the Celtics were going to be, like, really set for the future. And Kevin Durant didn't even, like, think about him. Well, it's this is why, which I now <laughs> understand. Kevin Durant comes to a meeting in Boston. And he, he shows up, and the guy, the guys from the Celtics are like, Kevin, we got a surprise for you. And Tom Brady comes out. You know, Tom Brady, guy who, like, might be. Uh, <laughs> let's just say Tom Brady was totally chill with going to the White House. Yeah, you know Tom Brady, <laughs> basketball player who's good at <laughs> basketball and related to your team? And I guess that's kind of cool. Like, the celebrity comes out, and, like, he's the winningest quarterback in history. But then, like... I don't know what happened, but the Celtics just didn't talk about basketball. Like, they only talked about Tom Brady during the whole meeting. What's absolutely buck wild is that you are the Celtics. You are one of two of the most historic franchises in the entire league. You have so many big figures that could come through and talk. So many old players. You have the guy who the finals MVP trophy is named after. Bill Russell, as part of your organization that everyone loves, and he put up with a lot of stuff. Like, he didn't just endure basketball. He endured racism, Boston specifically, and is still, like, an incredible, beloved figure. All you got to do is have him come in and be like, Kevin, play for the Celtics. It'll be great. You just walk him through and are like, look at all the trophies. Red Auerbach won. Like, Mm -hmm. it's not... It's... it's, (laughs) But, like, here's what happened. Everyone was more excited about Tom Brady. Here are some actual quotes about the days after the meeting. Danny Ainge... GM of the Celtics said, It was fun to be around Tom. I think it had some impact on Katie for sure. But how much? I don't know. Who knows? Tom Brady was sick. Here's a quote from Brad Stevens. He really came across as a normal guy, and I was really impressed by him. 
Who is he talking about? Tom Brady, not Kevin Durant. <laughs> Kevin Durant then said, yeah, that stuff was cool. Don't get me wrong. But I was just about basketball. I mean, I love Tom Brady, but I don't know if he can help me if he was on the court with me right now. Tom Brady could help him in overcoming male pattern baldness, which is <laughs> happening to Kevin and Tom has defeated. No nightshades, man. Just cut <laughs> out the nightshades. All right, Mike, you want to hear the three best gambits to get someone to stay? I do. Is one of them Pat Riley? No, I, okay. I'm going to cover that. I'll cover Can I that. just talk about what Pat Riley does in his meetings and does it to everyone? He just pours out his championship rings on was, a table. I was going to say He just that. takes his rings and pours them on a table and is like, there you go. Which like, what a fucking power move. That's my number four. That's actually how he got LeBron to come to the heat in yeah. 2010. Fucking baller. I love yeah. it. I mean, like, Soprano's great. You know what's more intimidating? A real godfather pouring out rings on the table and then just, like, holding his hands up. Like, you don't need to say anything. God, amazing. Mike, <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with number three, which is related to what I said about Tim Duncan last time. So this is how Tim Duncan stayed with San Antonio. Ooh, I hope it's H-E-B related. <laughs> it is not H-E-B related. So remember, Tim Duncan, he's 24 went to Orlando. Apparently in that whole thing with Orlando, he also went golfing with Tiger Woods. Dr. J was working with the Magic at that time and he talked to him like it was this whole thing. They got wined and dined and Greg Popovich was very worried that Tim Duncan was going to leave. So Tim Duncan comes back to San Antonio and then uh, Tim Duncan says, you know, there's no beaches in San Antonio. Greg Popovich replied, there's no beaches in Orlando either. <laughs> and then Tim Duncan stayed. <laughs> So I think it's a combination of the two things, but like Greg Popovich is the funniest person in basketball. He's phenomenal. What a guy. I am very excited for the Olympics of summer next. Because <laughs> I know the winner was like, the summer Olympics where Greg Popovich is going to coach the team this time around. Oh, it's going to be fun and fantastic. Yeah, that's amazing. That's incredible. And there's so many other things like you can say are better about San Antonio and Texas versus Florida. I mean, for one, it's not Florida. Yeah. Exactly. But then also you've got like the income tax thing and like better food and like not as many tourists and also like orlando it's one thing if you're miami i think miami has a big advantage on the florida thing like orlando's just like epcot center man yeah, right like when we go to podcast movement i'm very excited for podcasting i'm not excited to be in orlando yeah like, i'm not gonna go out and see the orlando nightlife mm -hmm. yeah miami's got definitely more pull it's like do you like pools this whole city's gonna be one soon <laughs> <laughs> but Orlando, not so much. But yeah, shout out to Pop. That's fantastic. Shout out to all of the uh, poolside drinks I'm going to get at Podcast Movement. All right, Mike, my second one is getting Chris Weber to stay on the Kings back in 2001. Mm, did they just show him a picture of white chocolate and say, he's on the team? Mmm, delicious. I, yep. And then they ate Jason Williams. Wow! <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, the former owners of the Kings were the Maloofs, and they were this terrible rich terrible if family. anyone could live up to a last name that has aloof in it these folks did really bad and like no one really wanted to play for the kings for a long time they had a really great run in the mid-2000s they almost got to the nba championships and they ran into Shaq and kobe of the lakers and also the refs yeah they ran into the, <laughs> they, refs. They ran into the refs so like getting chris weber to stay was a big part of this mid-2000s run the Mulhoofs pulled out all the stops to get Chris Webber to stay. So one particular moment was when they got all of Arco Arena to sing Stay, which was Stay, Stay, Just a Little Bit Longer by the Four Seasons. 
pretty good. But that was pretty good. But the one that really took the cake was when Chris Webber drives down Interstate 80 to get home from Acro Arena. And there is a billboard showing Joe Maloof, the owner of the Kings, riding a lawnmower with the words, Chris, Joe will mow your lawn if you stay. That's great. I was, it's actually really good. That's fantastic. I love it. That's so out of the box and silly, and I hope he actually did it, which I doubt he did. I doubt he did either. Let me see if I can find a picture of this. I cannot find a picture of this billboard because I'm sure the Maloof scrubbed it from the world <laughs> because Joe Maloof definitely did not mow the lawn of Chris Webber. Mm-hmm. But I think that uh, it's not like a thing in L.A. to like buy out billboards to try to get people to come, especially with the LeBron swirling around before he went to the Lakers. But I think that they, like you need to say something with your billboard. Like You can't just be like, oh, LeBron, you're going to be the king in this city. Like You need to give them something. And a rich man getting an even richer man to mow your lawn is pretty funny. It's pretty fantastic. I would go with that one. My number one most bonkers way to get a player to stay on your team goes to uh, the Clippers and Blake Griffin. Oh no, this one's so sad. It really is. It's so sad. It's so sad, but... It's more, I don't think I ever like looked into what exactly the Clippers did to convince Blake Griffin to stay. So oh, the TLDR. It's not good. It's not good. The TLDR is that Blake Griffin was looking to leave the Clippers and then he ended up staying and then he immediately got traded to the Pistons like half a season later. So dark. Ugh. So here's what happened the Clippers went all out to try to bring him back. Blake Griffin drove up to the Staples Center for his free agent pitch meeting with the Clippers on July 1st. He found that the Clippers had erected a maze of some sort with temporary walls throughout the arena. Griffin walked his three-year-old son, Ford. Didn't know. That's kind of a wild name. Ford Ford Griffin. Griffin. It sounds like a car. The new Ford Griffin with turbo four-wheel drive and a J.D. Power and Associates best crash test safety rating. We give you NOS for free. Just It's just there. Seems excessive. (laughs) That's the Ford Griffin for you. You walk through these temporary walls and there's just photos of Blake Griffin all over. First is one of Blake Griffin on a Huffy bike with his brother when they were kids. There's Blake Griffin playing in college. There's Blake Griffin playing as a clipper. Then the the maze spits you out onto a couch that is overlooking Staples Center. Crowd noise is being pumped in. The team public address announcer declared that the Clippers were retiring Blake Griffin's number, like envisioning the future. And then team employees raised an actual banner into the rafters of what it would look like if Blake Griffin was retired by the Clippers. The PA announcer said, tonight, we're honoring a lifelong Clipper. There were also shirts that the team wore during the presentation. Mike, I'm just going to list all the people on this shirt, and I want you to tell me if that's appropriate for them to be sharing a a shirt. Uh, There's Blake Griffin, Martin Luther King Jr. (laughs) There's Obama. There's Muhammad Ali. There's JFK. There's Abraham Lincoln. There's Gandhi. (laughs) There's Michael Jordan, Einstein, and Nelson Mandela. Look at this. Look at this. What? They made this shirt for the presentation. (laughs) There is... There is nothing. There is nothing that joins all of those two. Where's where? Oh, you said Michael Jordan. It's Michael Jackson. Oh, it's Michael Jackson. Yeah, in the bottom right. Yes, you should take it. I kind of assumed it was Michael Jordan. No, I'm keeping that because I assumed it was Michael Jordan because no one else plays basketball on this T-shirt. Well, I mean, I found the one person that sticks out. It's the pedophile. (laughs) Hey, don't talk about Albert Einstein like that. (laughs) That's a bonker shirt. That should be a collector's item. I want one. Uh, I got to see if they exist. The uh, letters underneath say pioneers. You know the person who doesn't uh, fit on this shirt? 
Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin. Also Wild. Michael Jackson. <laughs> but he's not a pioneer of anything. He's just very good at dunking. He's a pioneer of dunks, I guess. And then, as we said before, seven months later, Blake Griffin got sent packing and joined Detroit. Yay, Detroit. Ugh. It's like they spent all of this time doing this Buckwild presentation, and then they're like, wait a second. <laughs> the problem was they did all of this stuff, the Buckwild presentation, signing him to this big contract, whatever, and then they hired Jerry West, who is very good at his job and pretty ruthless when it comes to trading people, if need be. And he came in, and he was like, guys, we have to trade Blake Griffin. And they were like, ooh, actually. <laughs> he's a, I don't know if you ooh. knew, but he's a pioneer. <laughs> we already retired his number sentimentally, so could we not? And Jerry West says, no, we have to trade him. They're like, are you sure? Yes, Jim. Yes. Do you want yes. a shirt? Can I interest you in a shirt that would convince you to not do that? No, we have to trade Blake Griffin. <laughs> but what if I told you he was like Nelson Mandela? What if I told you he's going to be bad at basketball starting next year? Oh, no, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Shane Gildress Alexander, let's keep going. All right. <laughs> so, like, as we've seen, doing a Buckwild pitch isn't necessarily a good thing, but I had to share these stories. And that was my three on three. Wonderful. I'm so glad you shared them. There's so many that I didn't know. I, when I started really digging into this stuff, I think my favorite ones are the ones that failed. Because it's like nothing gained, nothing lost. Like, it's already lost to the annals of time. Like, there's no what if to it. It's like, you did a bad job. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hey... Celtics, Knicks, Magic, you guys all did a bad job. Doc Rivers could have just lied one time and Tim Duncan could have been on the Magic. <sighs> Man, Doc Rivers not coming out too great in this one since uh. he was involved in the Clippers thing too. So for this, that actually happened. It's a story that I know you're aware of, but it's one that needs to be told and shared with everyone because... It is incredibly bonkers. It is incredibly buck wild. It is relevant to what we talked about in Full Court Press and 3 on 3. This is the time where members of the Clippers team and organization held DeAndre Jordan hostage in his home in Houston so that he wouldn't sign with the Mavs and would go against his contract negotiations with them and actually return to the Clippers. Okay. <laughs> That actually happened. That actually happened. For anyone who wasn't on NBA Twitter in 2015, like you don't understand exactly what happened. I know the rough sketches of this, but I, I'm excited for you to take me on this journey. Thankfully, this was at the point in my life where I was really getting into the NBA over the top. And I'm very glad I was able to experience this entire thing in its totality. But let's go into the whole situation. So it's July 3rd and... The Clipper like today. <laughs> oh, whoa. Hey. <laughs> it's July 3rd of 2015, and the Clippers are not looking too great. ESPN's Mark Stein reports that he heard DeAndre Jordan planned to leave the Clippers for the Dallas Mavericks. The Mavs were looking pretty good at the time. They had space to offer a big contract. They were going to give DeAndre a big max contract. There were also reports that DeAndre was fed up with Chris Paul and his, like, nagging leadership style. And even before free agency started, all signs were pointing towards DeAndre leaving. Then when free agency actually opens, DeAndre signs the max contract agreement with the Dallas Mavericks. Now, here's the important thing to note about free agency. All of these deals that have happened technically don't exist yet because there's something called the free agency moratorium, which is a week after free agency starts. You have the whole week to negotiate all of these deals, talk to people and everything. And they don't actually go live until a week 
after. So even though you have agreements in place and it's all agreed upon and the details are set and all of that, you're not legally bound to this contract. It has happened maybe like three times total. <laughs> and DeAndre Jordan was one of these times. Okay, so like he agreed in principle, but it didn't like happen in ink for another week. It was still in ink. It's oh. just that those papers weren't <laughs> officially submitted and filed in the NBA League office. Got it, got it. Okay. At this point, the Clippers are super upset. J.J. Redick goes on a podcast and says <laughs> that the Clippers should be given an F for their offseason execution <laughs> by not keeping DeAndre Jordan on the team. Man, podcast 2015. Live it large, guys. Good job. Chris Paul at the time has since gone on vacation with his friends Dwayne Wade and LeBron James and Dwayne Wade's wife, Gabrielle Union, and they take the infamous banana boat photo on July 7th. Oh. But more was to happen the very next day. Mark Stein and Ramona Shelburne of ESPN both began reporting that DeAndre Jordan started to have second thoughts and was second guessing his decision. <laughs> what is, how is this a report? Like, who told Mark Stein to be like, yeah, like, I'm DeAndre Jordan's masseuse. And like, I heard he was like, oh, man, I'm so stressed because like. I don't don't tell anybody, but I have to choose between two teams and I'm having second thoughts. I mean, realistically, it's his agent. Realistically, DeAndre is just thinking, oh, crap, I actually don't want to do this. I don't want to play for the Mavs. This is not going to be fun. Hey, agent, can you see if I can actually do this? And you can. It's just not great. So mm. July 8th is when this breaks in the morning. Contingents from the Clippers and the Mavericks fly, drive, get their butts into Houston to try to find DeAndre Jordan. He lives there. It's where he grew up. It's where his family's from. So Mark Stein and Adrian Wojnarowski, who pronounces his name wrong, like Woj, <laughs> Woj's last name is spelled W-O-J-N-A-R-O-W-S-K-I. He says Wojnarowski. It is definitely Wojnarowski. Like he pronounces his own name wrong. I just don't get how he says his own name like it's someone messing up his name. And I'm, I won't stand for it. You know, he might be the kind of guy who's like, people have said it so many times that he's just like, it's fine. It's fine. I don't want him to do that. It's like, let us all pronounce your name correctly. Like, Wojnarowski is not that much harder to say than Wojnarowski. Actually, this is important. Uh, Sue Bird's girlfriend, Megan Rapino. Yes. I learned that. Yes. We've said Rapino many times on oh, this podcast. Oh, yeah. I didn't realize that until the World Cup when they started pronouncing it exclusively Rapino a lot. I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Mm -hmm. So, everyone, pronounce your names right. I also like that if we got Woj on the podcast, this is adding to our, our Mount Rushmore of very important <laughs> people in basketball, and we ask them inane questions only. Mm -hmm. So now it's like, hey, Woj, how do you pronounce your name? <laughs> <laughs> so... This next element makes me so happy because this is what turned this into Emojigate. Yeah. Do you know who the spark plug of Emojigate was? Do you know who was the Franz Ferdinand of, of this situation? <laughs> uh, was it Mark Cuban? Because no. I know he factors large in this story. No, he does play a big role. It was someone that we've made fun of the podcast before for being bad at Twitter. It's Chandler Parsons. Oh, <laughs> so Chandler Parsons had signed with the Dallas Mavericks, infamously signed his contract in the back of a nightclub with oh, Mark that's Cuban right. that's for right. a lot of money. He was big on trying to recruit DeAndre Jordan to the Mavs. He had been messaging him throughout the year in the offseason and talking with him. And he was looking like a big hero of the offseason of getting DeAndre to join the Mavs. He, when he hears about this report, tweets just an airplane emoji signifying that he is going from L.A., flying into Houston. J.J. Redick, 
shooting guard for the Clippers at the he time who had said the podcast. <laughs> he takes off his headphones. He tweets just a car emoji because he is living in Austin, Texas for the offseason. So he's going to drive up to Houston. Then Blake Griffin, the MVP of this story, gets into the mix. He's in L.A. He tweets a plane emoji, a helicopter emoji, and a car emoji, which the car seems unnecessary at this point. <laughs> but maybe you need to do it. And like, theoretically, he could have done this. I, as someone that lived in Houston for 10 years, the airport is kind of far away from downtown Houston. So it's not out of the question that he did take a helicopter from IAH to downtown Houston and then a car to wherever DeAndre lives. I- I'm just imagining that like a helicopter is like coming into suburban Houston. Like like, Griffin repels out like he's fucking Tom Cruise. I love that. Dunks on someone's outdoor hoop in their driveway. (laughs) He's only allowed to dunk. I can't stop it. Then Chris Paul, who is in the Bahamas on vacation at the time, tweets a banana emoji and then a speedboat emoji because yesterday was the infamous banana boat photo. So he is signifying, I'm going to Houston by banana boat. <laughs> That's good. And then Carmelo Anthony was like, uh, he was like, was like, I'm not actually in the banana boat picture. This is the biggest misconception. Gabrielle Union's there. I'm not on the boat. And then he tweeted the cat smiley face emoji, demonstrating that he was like a cat and taking a nap. Paul Pierce is the next tweet. Paul Pierce had just signed with the Clippers that offseason. Paul Pierce is also old. He tweeted a rocket emoji. (laughs) But not just a rocket emoji. It was a JPEG of a rocket emoji. And it was not just a JPEG of a rocket emoji. It was a pixelated as shit JPEG of a rocket emoji. Mike, this is just, this is hitting all of my humor centers at the same time. I forgot about this. Look how pixelated. It's a pixelated version of the emoji. Oh, it's like he's a, it's just it's a like low a, quality JPEG. I need to imagine Paul Pierce is on like his iPhone 5 and he's on Emojipedia. <laughs> he's saved because he doesn't have emojis yet. So he has to save the image and then he tweets that out. I also like the image of Paul Pierce getting into a rocket ship to go to Houston. He's like, oh, I had a layover at the ISS and then I have to come back. Oh, fuck, Mike. So the next person to tweet an emoji is Mike Woodson, the assistant coach, tweets the person swimming emoji, which is pretty good. And then finally, in the most fitting way possible, the last emoji from someone on the Clippers is from Austin Rivers, who is embarrassing like he's his just, existence yeah he's a great like he's, he's a, a fine, fine player. player he's fine he's just his that, like, entire career would be fine if he wasn't doc rivers's kid yeah because he got bailed out by of not just like playing overseas twice but like just because doc was his dad and the coach but like he's good enough to be in the nba that's for sure but his stance with the clippers was always bad because his dad was the coach and his dad was the reason he was on the team so just in classic like you and all your friends are having a really good time and like you're riffing and everyone's saying a funny joke funny joke and then someone else in the room's like and then it just kills the entire mood he tweets the eyeball looking emoji like five dot dot dots and then the monkey covering his mouth emoji which is like austin you had one 
fucking job. Like, just tweet some mode of transportation. There are so many emojis of transportation. There are so many trains still there. There's an entire subset of transportation emojis. Just pick one. It doesn't have to work. Paul Pierce tried to tweet a fucking rocket. <laughs> Mike Woodson just tweeted a dude swimming. Just tweet anything. And just, what a... Ugh, you could tweet an animal and then people would think you're riding the animal. Right? Like so many Austin Rivers. God damn it. Like anything. <laughs> what an idiot. So that's the last emoji. Then a bunch of like brands and stuff started getting in the mix, which made yeah. it very boring and awful. And I hate it. I'm not going to talk about any of them. Fuck brands. But then the story develops further because at first when all of this is going on, NBA reporters are freaking out because you can assume what is happening by this, but there's no actual details. You're like, okay, I'm assuming people are coming, but also you don't know who's a joke. Like, it makes sense that J.J. Redick would drive up from Austin. It makes sense that Blake Griffin would fly slash helicopter slash car from L.A., but it's like, is Chris Paul gonna leave the Bahamas to come? Like, it's not out of play. It's like, is Mike Woodson gonna get down there too? Is he gonna swim there? <laughs> Guys, what if... Does anyone have any contacts at NASA? We need to know if Paul Pierce is clear <laughs> just every time a tweet came out people just freak out because they're like what is happening so mark stein reports in a story with ramona shelburne they both report that the mavs now fear that they won't be able to talk with jordan because the clippers have quote essentially surrounded him <laughs> And Woj tweets that so far the Clippers have been able to keep everyone out of the house, including Mark Cuban and agents. Everyone. They're in four corners until midnight Eastern. So they're just like in the room, not letting anyone go in, making sure that DeAndre can renege on this contract agreement. My favorite part about this entire story is that Mark Cuban is like knocking on the windows. <laughs> I'm the shark. Let me in. I need, I need to make a deal. I need to make deals. Tim McMahon says that he was told DeAndre Jordan won't even take a phone call from Mark Cuban or Chandler Parsons. Mm -hmm. And it's funny that you mentioned the Mark Cuban thing because there was another wrinkle to this that was absolutely wild. Chris Broussard, who is pretty bad at his job. True. He's an ESPN talking head guy that he's like if Stephen A. Smith wasn't aware that he's a meme. Like Chris <laughs> Broussard thinks he's a serious journalist and just is not good and always gets stuff wrong. He was made infamous for when LeBron left for Cleveland on a show being like all happy and satisfied with himself. Like I've heard reports that LeBron is going to Cleveland and then everyone would be like, yeah, he announced it 20 minutes ago, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't he say that Kawhi was going to the Lakers like two days ago? And then Who he knows? He, he has been so bad at reporting stuff. And his joke is always sources say uh, it's just no one believes Chris <laughs> Broussard anymore. Like he's just lost all credibility. He tweets the, <laughs> the following sources colon Cuban beside himself, driving around downtown Dallas, begging through texts, in parentheses, Jordan's family for the number four address <laughs> to DeAndre's home. Funny about this is that DeAndre Jordan is not in Dallas. And aside from that, <laughs> this seems completely implausible. So a couple minutes later, he tweets, CORRECTION, all caps, and just changes Dallas to HOUSTON in all caps, but it's the same tweet. Immediately, everyone's like, this is bullshit. This sounds ridiculous. Like, he's not going to be driving around downtown Houston hoping that he sees DeAndre Jordan through a window. Houston is enormous. It takes an hour to drive from one side of Houston all the way to the other. Like, Houston is bigger than a lot of states. Don't you think you'd be able to figure out where DeAndre Jordan lives? Like, it's 2015. 
I'm sure there's like a Texas version of Curbed or anything <laughs> where like someone gets super into real estate. Like it can't be that hard. To... Also, you don't think Mark Cuban, billionaire Shark Tank man, knows your address? <laughs> like he doesn't have because he's super into tech. He can't Google it. Like. Wasn't it written up when DeAndre Jordan bought the large house he probably lives in in downtown Houston? Like, come on, Chris. Come on, guys. So people immediately. <laughs> is, he, is, he, is he knocking on doors? Mark Cuban's looking around like he needs a sandwich and he's a, like an orphan he's in fucking a Christmas himself. story? He is beside himself. He's so angry and no one would help him. Mark Cuban takes issue with this tweet. Uh... <laughs> I, I wonder why, guys. Because he's portrayed as motherfucking Tiny Tim. Tweets at Chris Broussard. At Chris Broussard. This is the dumbest dot 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 I've ever heard. If you had any ethics, you would message me and I will give you his address. <laughs> Broussard tries to defend himself with like a series of tweets saying, Mark Cuban, if you had the address last night, you would have gone to the house. This is after it's happened. This is the next day. I stand by my multiple sources who had you calling and texting them. And then he says, Mark Cuban, you didn't fly to Houston to text all night, did you? Cuban fired back on Thursday. Quote, at Chris Broussard. How about this? You post any proof I was calling, testing his friends, asking anything, and I will give $100,000 to the charity of your choice. What a fucking ultimate flex by Mark Cuban. Like, I'm going to put a lot of money on this. Like, $100,000 to be like, yo, I'll donate this to any charity. If you have one person that has proof that I was trying to fucking get this dude's address. Amazing. This is further proof why they had to sequester DeAndre Jordan because Mark Cuban was coming for them. <laughs> Broussard then had to release an apology on Friday, tweeting, Regarding my Wednesday report, I should have attempted to contact Mark Cuban before reporting that my sources were telling me. I always try to carry myself with honesty and integrity, both personally and professionally. I recognize that I tweeted hastily. I'm sorry for it, and I will learn from my mistake. <laughs> and then Cuban made this whole big post on Friday about the whole situation on Cyberdust, the social media app that he was really trying to make stick that didn't work. <laughs> That's what bro broke my computer when I was in college. <laughs> Got a lot of Cyberdust in there. So, so to leave it on a funnier, happier note, let's talk about how things actually went down Wednesday night when they were able to secure DeAndre Jordan. So all of the players show up. They go to his house. They don't let him talk to anyone. Don't let anyone in. They just spend the whole night just hanging out with DeAndre Jordan, playing video games, playing cards. Someone made a fried chicken run. And they're all just hanging. So after a couple hours pass between the emojiness and then the actual securing of the deal, you can tell that things are going well for the Clippers because Blake Griffin starts tweeting a bunch of very funny things. <laughs> so first, Blake Griffin at 9.50 p.m. tweets, don't agree with the furniture layout, but I'm not an interior designer. And it's this photo of a chair wedged under the doorknob. So just playing on the whole thing where people have said, like, it's like a hostage situation in there. Then, eventually, Paul Pierce remembers and figures out how Twitter works, and he posts a very dark, not well-lit photo of Doc Rivers, DeAndre Jordan, and the, what I assume is DeAndre Jordan's mom as he signs the contract in a very fancy-looking restaurant. Yes! <laughs> Paul, turn on your flash. Paul, and Paul, turn on your flash. Paul made the caption, quote, that's why they brought me here, LOL. <laughs> <laughs> to take the photo i guess yeah. i guess that's a joke like if so that's a very funny joke it's like oh they brought me here just to take the photo of the actual thing happening i swung by venus on the way out and then i came <laughs> back just to check it out and then i took the photo so then it's pretty much an assumption that things are all good at 10 20 p.m blake griffin tweets this photo with all right everybody good night and it's a camp like in someone's backyard <laughs> it's a tent in someone's backyard <laughs> 
that's an extremely good tweet. It's really funny, and it was just a wild day of things happening. And the Mavs, like, they got screwed, but what are you going to do about it? Their official Twitter account had tweeted, like, that was fun. Clippers, like, have a safe ride home and tweeted every mode of transportation emoji that had been mentioned, which is, like, good sports on them. But, yeah, man, just a wild day happening because it was also like after all of the free agency stuff like as we've seen with this free agency so many things happen in that first day even within the first like six hours and this was multiple days after the fact like pretty much everyone else had signed all the dust had cleared and this really fucked over the Mavs like all the other people had signed with other teams and the Mavs thought like cool we got DeAndre Jordan we can't sign anybody else big so they had to do stuff like give more money to Wesley Matthews as like a sign of good faith because he took a contract hit so that they could have room for DeAndre Jordan I can't think of a more fun and confusing day on NBA Twitter. I like how overblown it is, like just from the media reports. Right. Uh, I was actually looking at this when I was doing my research for 3 on 3. DeAndre Jordan ended up talking to GQ a little while later, and they asked him about what was going on. He said, seriously, it was quite boring, to be honest. There wasn't a lot going on. We had a couple hour conversation, and I said I was going back to the Clippers, and then I signed my contract, but there really wasn't a lot going on. People took naps. <laughs> We ate, so there was a fried chicken run. We watched TV. It wasn't exciting at all. It was boring. I couldn't wait for Doc Rivers and Steve Ballmer, the owner who was there, to leave my house so I could enjoy some alone time. I mean, my bosses were at my house all day. It's hard to have fun with your friends with your bosses around. Beautiful. Beautiful. I believe they were just waiting it out so that the time actually hit where he couldn't go back and say, oh, just kidding, I want to be on the maps. So that's what they were saying the whole time. This is just something where it was so overblown just because it was only the players involved and they weren't talking to anyone. And now we're in this modern day of the media where things get leaked to anyone and everyone and it's very public what's going on and everyone has an angle for doing so and a reason for doing so. At this time, the players are like, we're just not telling anyone everything. And the media freaked the hell out because of it. Who do you think fell asleep? Well, probably Mike Woodson because he swam all the way there. <laughs> I was going to say Chris Paul because he probably had jet lag. No, I don't think Chris Paul actually went. I think he stayed in the Bahamas. Oh, so he took a banana boat somewhere else. Yeah. So he might have taken a nap, but in a different place. Yes, exactly, exactly. Uh, I can't imagine what it's like having Steve Ballmer at your house all day, just being like super intense in your face. He definitely did not nap, and DeAndre wanted him to nap. He, he stood over the couch making sure that you napped. Let's play another round of Smash Brothers. I need to be Pikachu. It's my main. <laughs> I like the little blue sparkly party hat he wears. <laughs> do you have a Zoom, DeAndre? <laughs> if we don't do Final Destination, it's not proper tournament protocol. <laughs> so that is how DeAndre Jordan was held hostage so that he would go back to the team he said he was going to leave. And that actually happened. That actually happened. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of Horse. Horse is hosted by Mike Schubert and Eric Silver. It is edited and mixed by Eric Silver. The social media is run by Mike Schubert. The art is by Allison Wakeman. The website is by Kelly Beckman. And the music is by Bettina Campamonis. Special thanks to our producer-level patrons, Brianne Wingate, Berger, Skylar Jorgensen, Gladiator Vader, Adam Hartwick, Ross Papa Akano, Cody Powell, Salvador Testa, Trust the Process, James Harden went to Arizona State, Hufflepuff Hillary, Elizabeth Agathon, and Samantha Rose. You know where you can find a lot of really pixelated uh, rocket uh, ship images? On Paul Pierce's iPhone 4. That's true. But also on the Horse Hoops social media. Uh, okay. You can find us on the internet at Horse Hoops on Instagram and Facebook. And you can find us at Horse underscore Hoops on Twitter because... 
uh, Chandler Parsons was running that account, and he's bad at Twitter. Yeah, and Horse Hoops was banned. That's we, why I got banned, because he's so bad. I just want Horse Hoops now. If we get it, we can't use it. We'll just have to make it like, we got it! <laughs> For our birthday, if Twitter could get coming up next week, mm. two weeks from now, get us a present. You can also find us on our website, horsehoops.com, which has all of our research and the visual stuff you didn't see, because this is a podcast. It is. And if you want some sweet bonus content, such as exclusive stickers, jerseys, me and Eric talking more about basketball in audio and text format, you can head on over to patreon.com slash horse hoops. Mike, you know who's always willing to get you to come for free agency and knows exactly what you want to talk about? Your mom. Nice. <laughs> that was she it. She seems you like a very it. nice person. Yeah, she's great. <laughs> and also Multitude. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Multitude is an audio collective and studio and consultancy and all that good stuff. And we love talking about the shows that we love, and we want you to love them, too. We're Spirits, Join the Party, Potterless, Waystation, and Horse. If you'd like to find out more about us, you can go to Multitude.Productions, or you can find us on Twitter at Multitude Shows. And as we end every show, we're going to put our hands in the middle and say something on the count of three. I think it's only fitting to say something that we can both agree upon now, that we hate Kyrie Irving together as one, and it's that the Earth is round. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> so we'll say that on the count of three. One, one two, three. The, the Earth, Earth is round! round! Man, I'm really stoked to not have a flat earther on the team. It's going to be great. He's... What was I? I was telling you, man. <laughs> no one was. He's a bad person. He's, he don't His want Instagram around. is also wild. It's like, have you ever opened the inner workings of your mind to perceive things beyond your vision? It's like, shut up, dog. Play basketball. And imagine you were like, I want that person to be my co-worker. <laughs> I want that guy to work around me. 